0: Welcome to Optimal Health for Busy Entrepreneurs, the podcast for busy and high-performing entrepreneurs and leaders who are looking to create more energy and optimize their health while upgrading their brain and personal performance with precision. I am your host, Julian Hayes II. I've been involved with health and performance for over a decade. This podcast was created for the high performer who is unapologetically ambitious, the one who moves at a fast pace and operates with an edge, the one who wants to become superhuman. Nothing here is fluff, gimmicky or feel good. I have little to no interest in simply helping you improve your life. I want to help transform it. By listening to this podcast, expect to have a body that feels just as good as it looks. Expect to possess a swagger and style that gives off an infectious vibe. Expect to command the stage or any boardroom you walk into with your executive presence. And lastly, expect to become your most enhanced self so you can live a limitless life. Now, let's get to the show. Welcome to another episode of Optimal Health for Busy Entrepreneurs. I'm your host, Julian Hayes II, and today we're going to talk about committing sins. And for those listening who are religious, this is a familiar concept. And for those who aren't religious, when you think of sitting, perhaps its meaning is something that merely goes against an established code or a moral set of principles or just your general philosophy. And of all things, why am I talking about sinning on a health podcast? And the answer is quite random. I was looking up music from 1995 after a discussion with a friend. And this also led me to see what movies were released that year. And the movie Seven, which I think is a masterful movie, was released that year. And for those that don't know, 7 is a insanely dark, bleak and crazy intense psychological thriller that stars Brad Pitt, Morgan Freeman, Gwyneth Paltrow and Kevin Spacey as its main people. And the premise is quite simple. It's two cops investigating a criminal who is using the seven deadly sins as his crime motives. The seven deadly sins being gluttony, greed, sloth, lust, pride, envy, and wrath. And the seven deadly sins, they've been around for centuries to highlight the potential dark shadows that comes with being a human. Um, Health and fitness, along with being an entrepreneur, or in general, someone who is simply aggressive in going after what they want, their big goals, they can easily bring forth these various sins. And These sins are highly seductive in nature. I think about myself and how these seven sins at various times have affected me. These sins can most definitely bring about some dark undersides that can easily leave you feeling empty, confused, um, devoid of any sort of enriching relationships. And to no surprise, these sins can easily leave you with operating with less than optimal health and energy. This is all part of the dark sides of success. Also, as I was thinking about these sins, there's a perspective that every single one of them is valuable and is quite a necessity to becoming the best version of yourself. I like to think of this as the beauty of life, as simply being human. There's a duality to nearly everything in life. Any force for good can also morph into a force for bad. Good intentions, and I'm saying this with air quotes, can just as easily slide over into the opposite direction. There's no better examples in this than various revolutions and coups throughout history where the individual or group thought they were being a force for good at the moment and helping the people looking out at the big picture, and later down the road, once you revisit history, their quote-unquote good intentions actually became more of a force for bad, which led to more less-than-ideal outcomes for those very people. And if we're not cognizant of ourselves, we can easily become the very things that we despise, that we want to avoid being. And so, with all that said... Let's get into the first deadly sin of health and personal performance. And it starts with pride as our first one. And there's a quote from Serbian performance artist, writer, and art filmmaker Marina Abramovic that I really like, I really resonate with. And she states that the moment we begin to believe in our own greatness, that we kill our ability to be truly creative. Creative can be used in any context. This is not just with writing or any typical art endeavor, but this is our ability to lead, our ability to maintain strong relationships, to innovate, to stay fit and optimized. I have a friend who used to play with the Saints and their coach, Sean Payton, told his players during their their, um, extensive winning streak that they had during their Super Bowl year to not eat the cheese. And basically this means don't believe your own hype that you nor the media is feeding you. Pride is one of the most potent and lethal sins there is. To be an entrepreneur, accomplish anything outside of the typical norm, and to not let yourself reside in mediocrity With your fitness, despite society's increasingly acceptance of mediocrity, the dad bods, the fake body positivity movements, and a general acceptance of subpar health, all of that requires for you to have some pride about yourself. And let's be honest, the average entrepreneur walking down the street, whether they want to admit it or not, they think they're special and unique. I mean, I I tell myself each day, that ain't nobody built like me. I'm one of a kind. And back to to the typical entrepreneur that I was talking about, there's pride in their vision. There's pride in their accomplishments. There's pride in the results that they have created. And the thing is, with pride and belief, having those two things are definitely important for yourself. But it's a tight and narrow rope between that and veering into territory where you think you are singularly special, leading to your cup of delusion overflowing. You know, a little delusion is necessary, but too much and issues start to sprout up. When your cup is overflowing, when your cup of delusion is overflowing, you start to believe that you can outrun competitors. You start to think that you can outthink the market. You're an expert problem solver and can overmatch any obstacle. You act, but you don't think. You talk, but you don't listen. You believe you're destined to win, apart from any proof that you are actually winning. Irrational confidence is good, but without any regulation, you can easily find yourself in trouble in the long term. Pride can ruin startups. Too much raising, not enough spending. Pride can ruin long-term business revenue, by thinking you're smarter than the market. Pride can ruin culture because it's too much I and not enough we. Pride can ruin your health because you're too stubborn to admit you need help, that you need accountability, that you need a new strategy or that you even have an issue in the first place. And so an antidote to handling pride and so how can we handle this? How can you keep your pride in check? While maintaining the necessary swagger to still accomplish your goals. And as Ice Cube told me back in '92, you better check yourself or you wreck yourself because I'm bad for your health. Quite simply, this means to take a step back and reconsider your actions, your strategies, your philosophies, and your thought processes before proceeding forward. Precision is your friend. Precision is your most valuable weapon. And to accomplish this, start with simply slowing down to speed up. When you slow down, you can develop a more precise and effective strategy that will allow you in the long run to move much faster due to increased clarity in the plan. And so an example of this could be instead of blindly adopting a plan such as going keto, analyze your reality and see if that approach even makes sense from a lifestyle, a personal preference, and even if it's in agreement with your unique biological makeup. And the second part is to understand that what got you here won't get you there. The way I used to exercise and eat and treat my body at 20 won't be as effective at 30, and I imagine how you make your first million won't be and will require a much different strategy to make your 10 million and beyond. And so the big part here is don't be attached to your ideas or cling to your old ways. Be open to new ideas, new approaches, and help. Stay being a student and never a master. And as we move on to the second sin here, which is comparison. Success has a dark side in that you can have a lot of accomplishments, but you still secretly feel like an imposter or a fraud. And on the outside, people deem you successful, but you don't feel like that on the inside because you're always comparing yourself to others. And as someone who played sports, I'm a naturally competitive dude, which has served me well for the most part. However, when it comes to fitness and business, <clears throat> comparison is a slippery slope and with social media now you can easily log on you can see hundreds if not thousands of others who are seemingly living a highlight reel in their lives and their business you can log on and you can see some chick's ass or some guy's shredded abs and all of those scenarios can lead you to think what the hell am I doing wrong am I even doing anything right at all And this comparison trap and this lure will have you feeling as if you must do better if you're ever going to be, quote-unquote, successful. And the dark sides of success and comparison, it leads leads you to a game of more and more, it's never enough. This is how you can book your one-way ticket to just being miserable on your journey. And this type of comparison that you're doing it's going to quickly feed into your limiting beliefs there it's going to quickly build up the incessant chatter inside your brain and it's essentially this is essentially throwing gasoline on an already simmering fire and for your mental sanity your mental health it's critical to come to the realization that the only competition is really you your goals and your ambition and an antidote to handle, to handling this comparison, to putting it in the reins, is number one is what I call acceptance and gratitude. And in sports such as boxing, you'll, you'll quickly learn and you'll quickly witness that some nights won't be your nights. Someone can come into the fight with a better game plan and crisper footwork Amongst many, many, many other factors. And look no further than Muhammad Ali. He's the greatest boxer of all time. But yet still, he bled. He lost. He got knocked on his ass numerous times throughout his career. And on those days when I need like a mental boost and I'm not mentally where I should be, I... I remind myself that if the champ, who is the greatest boxer of all time, can have some blemishes, I most certainly can have some blemishes and not expect to be perfect. And the second part of that equation is that we're all in of one. I'm of the belief that the meaning of life is growth and evolution. And what that means here is when it comes to comparison, you're on a unique road that's only for you. When it comes to your various goals, your ambitions, and your health goals, you can't look at someone else's career, their following, their influence, nor their body, and assume that perhaps you should be doing what they are doing without considering the fact that everyone works at different speeds, different combinations, and has a different path to success and has made some sacrifices and choices in the background that you don't know the full story to and that you've never seen, that no one knows. And so this is why comparison is oftentimes irrational because you are comparing your rough draft of a manuscript, essentially, to someone else's published book. And so the next one here is perhaps one of the most deadly, the uh, most perplexing and unique things, and that is deadly sin number three, which is apathy, and apathy is essentially a feeling of not feeling, which is quite paradoxical in itself, but in today's society, apathy is something that is really on the rise, and it's no surprise that it is. If you look at things, life is very comfortable now. We don't have to hunt for food in the wild anymore. We don't even need to get in our car to pick up groceries. And our vegetables are pre-cut. And the thing with apathy that makes it so lethal is that it can easily suffocate your potential. Apathy seduces you into a trance. And you're just indifferent about everything. And you start to suppress your emotions. And when that happens, you have no chance of changing your health Making your relationships better, or whatever else that you're going after. And even with all that said, the biggest reason why apathy is deadly to entrepreneurs and their health is that it leads them to being delusional and in denial. Apathy, it's essentially dulling your sword and your senses. It's like an anesthetic before you're going to surgery. You lose all sense of feeling as you're being operated on. And in life and with health, I see this all the time. You become immune and dull to what you're becoming. And a prime example is weight gain. Decreases in decreases in performance in the boardroom, and the bedroom, if we're being honest. Excuses such as it's normal because I'm getting older. This is this is typical. I'm too busy. I can't do that like I used to. And over time, you minimalize these things. You create explanations. And you tolerate things that you never thought were tolerable at one point in time. And we've definitely heard this one. It's only a few pounds. But a few pounds this year, a few drops of energy this year, becomes a few next year. And before you know it, you're 20 pounds overweight and your energy is in the t- in the toilet and obesity losing energy becoming overweight losses in performance none of these things happen in big fell swoops it's more like a death by a thousand cuts and so when i look at apathy there's a three part there's three pieces in the antidote for that and number 1 is to diagnose And get to the root cause of it. And while apathy is technically a feeling, from my experience personally, and from what I've seen in others, it's really more of an attitude. And it's your attitude in the moment that is zapping your energy and swagger. So what to do there is to investigate where this apathy is coming from to challenge those underlying assumptions and stories and incessant chatter that is going on right now. And afterwards, moving on with that is to re-up, to rediscover what's your mission. How do you want to look and feel? And you might be monetarily successful right now, but how's your energy and presence around those that's most important to you? How confident do you truly feel? Why must you prioritize your health and energy? Who needs you at your best? And document these things and refer back to when you have those days where apathy is starting to creep in or you're talking yourself into slacking off to see these things of why you're doing these things. Who needs you? Because it's one thing to let yourself down. But it's another thing to let many others down. And you're less likely to do that compared to yourself. So this is why I really love to have these types of of things documented. And the third part is what I call energy boosters. For me, one of the things I use is music. I'm a big music guy. So I have playlists for any type of mood, any type of scenario. I'm ready to go with that. And the second part is to be your own hype man. So pretend you're Flavor Flav from Public Enemy and have a way to remind yourself of the value that you bring, the great things that you've done so far and where you're going. And so some of the things that I do, I have personally taken screenshots of kind words that people have said about an article that helped them, um, people that I've helped in the past, and all sorts of things. I have a folder for that, and I refer to that. I need to boost myself up and to get my mind right. And so let's move on to deadly sin number four, which is wrath. And odds are, if you're anything like me, you most definitely have a dark side that you tap into frequently. In fact, I'm willing to bet that this dark side has been very pivotal for the success that you've had. And... Michael Jordan, the greatest basketball player to ever play, he had a well-documented dark side to keep him operating at a high level on a consistent basis. And as I read books on him, he would create a conflict and a reason for why he needed to dominate each and every day, even when there wasn't any sort of conflict. He would find quotes from players, local reporters, and any other little thing to get himself going. And when I first started working out, my public answer was I did it for confidence and I wanted to change the typical health patterns that were so prevalent in my family. And this is 100% true. There's no lie in that. However, there's a dark side that's lurking. That's also providing some premium fuel for me there. And that dark side was remembering things like, playing shirts and skins during middle school and basketball, and the embarrassment that I felt. It was moments in college where a girl asks if you just work upper body only. It's remembering comments when people tell you that you can't stay in shape once you get to 30 like you can at 22. And I can go on forever with these statements, and I have so many. And this is kind of petty, but being petty and keeping this sort of ammunition, it's useful to a certain extent. And as I mentioned before, though, there's a duality to these sins. They can enhance your life, or they can just as easily suffocate your growth and evolution when the pendulum swings too far to the other side. And... While wrath, it will most definitely unleash passion, which entrepreneurs and business leaders most certainly need. But if left uncontrolled, however, the wrath will easily lead to irrational behaviors and decisions. And often what suffers then is your health behaviors, is your nutritional decisions. And in Buddhism, anger is known as one of the three poisons of the mind. And so when wrath is uncontrolled and that's your main source your main source of fuel you'll continually feel empty and over the long term you'll start to rot both externally in the form of relationships and even more paramount internally and when you combine the internal and the external that leads to less than optimal health and energy and so an antidote to wrath, to not getting rid of all of it, but to keep it under control, is to slow down and breathe, first and foremost. So when you're full of adrenaline, you're raging internally, all on top of the ambition that you have, taking time to pause and actually assess the situation, assess the terrain, is one of the hardest things to do. But in the long run, your emotional and mental psyche will thank you. Even five minutes to pause and do some breath work in the middle of the day to essentially serve as like a halftime for you, that will go a long way in keeping your day moving in the right direction and will go a long way in helping you continue to make the optimal decisions regarding your health throughout the rest of the day. And the second part of the antidote here is to be okay with everything not going according to plan. And I can probably count on one hand the times that I have strategized a health and performance plan for a client, and it was 100% perfect from day one. Because much like in business, um, mishaps and setbacks they will happen with your personal health and your fitness. But what you can do, you can channel that wrath into learning from your mistakes and not making the same one next time. And so as we move on to deadly sin number five, this is one of the easiest, definitely one of the easiest ones to understand no matter what area of life you apply this to, and that is dealing with lust. People lust over junk foods, alcohol, and of course each other's bodies. And while these may be common areas that people when people think about with lust there's another area that runs rampant which affects entrepreneurs and their personal health and that area is achievement. So just as with food, achievement is powerful. it's highly addictive and it's a tool that pulls you in emotionally. And typically where your emotion flows is where your focus is going to go. And this is one of the many trappings of success that people avoid talking about and televising because it plays a huge role in optimizing your health. But let's be honest. One of the pools of starting our business and pursuing more than the average person would career-wise is a vision of perhaps cash, fame, fast cars, beautiful women, making an impact, freedom, proving someone wrong, and fancy houses. And these are all valuable carrots to dangle. And there's no shame in this at all. But the dichotomy for entrepreneurs and high performers is that lust can just as easily drain away valuable focus, energy, resources, and priorities such as your relationships and your personal health. And achievement, it feels good but it can also be blinding and a growing appetite of ambition with a strong ego that's behind the will that can easily lead you to achieving just for achievement's sake. And the paradox of all that is you'll end up with a lot of accomplishments, but the world feels lonelier and you feel like sort of an imposter and it keeps growing. And this further fuels the achievement lust here that you need to do more, which then leads to a cascade of events down the chain, furthering the very feelings that you are trying to get rid of. And one notable event that's affected from this insatiable desire and lust for the achievement here is your health. It gets placed on the back burner for this because you got to work more, you got to achieve more. And so, the healthy habits are going to get on the chopping block to the end of the bench. You'll get around to it eventually. But the funny thing is the achievement lust, it doesn't just go away on its own. Now with all that said though, I'm not saying to have, I'm not saying not to have any ambition or desire for achieving anything because When you're empty of all those things, now you're just going to go toward apathy and slothness. So what can you do? What is the antidote to lust? And the first thing is to establish a standard for success, not just for business, but for your life, for your health, for your relationships. Know what you are specifically aiming and moving towards. What are your guiding principles and values? What is your North Star? Because this is what you ultimately answer to. Not society. Not your friends, North Star. Not your peers, but yourself. And a few questions that you can get started this way. That you can ask yourself. What does it mean to be a success in health? What does being fit look like? What does being optimized and enhanced look like? And the reason why you don't want to skip these types of questions is because a lot of times, and what I've seen is that I would have a client and they would come to me for a goal and over time, they would really discover that that's not the goal itself, that they had a completely different definition of what being optimized looks like, what being fit looks like. And that's going to do so much for your mental and emotional sanity. And so deadly sin number six is dealing with impatience. And we most definitely live in a microwave society now where... Success is preached as something that has to happen nearly instantaneously. I mean, we've all seen the six figures in six weeks, the six pack in six weeks while eating all your favorite foods. These are the messages that are spammed across our social channels every single day. And it's human nature to want things now, but generally kind of what what I've experienced what comes easy and fast can just as easily and quickly go away. And a story about this is that back in college, after putting on some weight and muscle, I wanted to cut, and I wanted to cut fast. I wanted to get absolutely shredded. So I talked with one of my best friends, I talked him into doing a 30-day liquid diet with me. Still hasn't forgot about it. Um nothing but shakes. But one of those had some flaxseed and some other like healthy fats in it, I believe. I saw an ad over Rip Dude, and it had some very good copy with it. So the copywriter definitely did their job well. And so my logical decision-making was totally compromised. So we ordered the supplements. The shakes were not that good, first of all, but it was too late now. And over the 30 days, I lost like 20 pounds. And I am shredded. I'm feeling myself. I'm very happy. But here's the problem with all this. All of this wasn't remotely close to being fat. And unfortunately, most of it was water. And even more unfortunate, some of it was also a little muscle that I lost. And I remember going to a sushi buffet soon after, maybe two days later. And I ate ate 86 pieces of sushi. And I came in third place among the group of friends I was with because... For some reason, we thought it was a good idea to have an eating competition. And the guy that came in first, he had 105 pieces. But within three days, I gained 10 pounds back from eating, and nearly all the rest followed suit soon after. And another friend gained all his weight back as well. And so we're back at square one. We're down 200 plus dollars, which to college kids is like a million dollars. And... I once had a client and she was seriously dieting, eating barely 1200 calories, which wasn't close to her maintenance levels on top of the excessive exercising in dealing with her demanding work that she was doing. And besides fat loss not happening, various hormones were thrown off after looking at her labs and her skin and her hair would be negatively affected as well. And until she reined in those emotions and, took a longer-term approach. Results, true sustainable results were never going to come to fruition. And we see this today, that you may lose weight today, maybe a little something, with the various gimmickies, the gimmicky fads, and the plans. But the question to ask yourself, and the question to not forget when you're considering a plan, is to consider the cost for tomorrow and beyond you know what are the second and third order, what are the second and third order consequences that are going to be associated with it because oftentimes impatience is going to it propels irritability and irrationality your compromise your decision making is compromise and impatience it breeds these short term pleasures but typically long term agony is what follows suit and so the antidote to impatience. It's quite simple. It's to adopt an investor's mentality. Investors play the long game. You know, there's a there's a big picture to their decision making. And that decision making oftentimes it's rooted in reality and it's also sustainable and practical. And the same needs to apply to your health and fitness. So consider. Does your diet plan, the way that you're eating right now, does it have a big picture in mind? Is your diet plan operating within a systems-based model? Or is it more of a binary model and it's short-short-sighted, um, just to give you some quick wins, but has no consideration toward the long term? You know, building an optimized and enhanced body both from the inside and out. It's a marathon, just as building a business is, just as building a relationship, a rich relationship is. You know, it's it's about embodying the marathon mentality, as the late Nipsey Hussle talks about, and practice and definitely demonstrated. And so the last one here is, and I save this one for the last, as it's the sin that I most often fall into, and have difficulty breaking out of. And this sin is none other than isolation. So I'm only child. I like to read. My music is playing in the background. Been doing it since I was a little kid. I traveled out of the country by myself. I made friends when I got there with no problem. I like to roll solo. I highly enjoy my own company. I got rid of my smartphone for months with no problem. And anyway, with all that said, there is a fine line between using isolation and, for strategic moments of growth and isolation that becomes detrimental. Success and achievement can be lonely. What success and achievement is, that's all relative to you. But the point being is that the more you accomplish, the increasing likelihood and probability that your world can unintentionally become smaller. Entrepreneurship at all levels is stressful, whether you're in your first year of business whether you're your 20-year your business situations always arise that bring that can be stressful leading others is definitely stressful whether it's leading two people or leading 2000 people there can be stress when it comes to leading and pursuing your biggest dreams requires the, requires effort and it definitely brings along some struggles but as i'm continually learning On this journey, this never-ending journey, is that it doesn't mean that your personal life has to greatly suffer. You know, far too often, being an entrepreneur, being a leader, a high performer, it serves as fertile ground for becoming lonely, depressed, burnt out, and unintentionally alienating yourself from those closest to you, if you're uncareful, and your friends. And If you're anything like me, when problems arise and something bothers you, you don't reach out to people. Instead, what you do, you head into a bunker and you isolate yourself. But this type of isolation is more often than not counterproductive because what usually happens in this type of scenario when you head into the bunker is you're going to have even more mental and emotional exhaustion due to the ever-growing incessant chatter and self-talk that is likely going to follow suit under this scenario. And when you're in heavily isolation mode, I bet you can get so focused, you can get so engulfed in your problems that healthy habits such as exercising, eating food in general, or eating optimal food, I should say, drinking water, and sleep, these all fall to the wayside. And to no surprise, there's a very expensive cost to this isolation. It's your body, it's your mental sanity, it's your relationships, and it's your health. And going deeper into this well, isolation, which breeds loneliness over time, is surprisingly one of the leading causes of death in the world today. And, and, you you know, this was a surprise to me that loneliness and social isolation, it may even represent a greater public health hazard than obesity for the effects it has on premature mortality among all ages. You know, isolation, it's linked to a plethora of dysfunctional immune responses along with things such as increased blood pressure, which definitely impacts how we age and our overall everyday well-being. And something else that I found surprising while prepping for this episode was that researchers saw that people who were lonelier produced more inflammation-related proteins in response to stress than did people that were more socially connected. And these are, of course, linked with numerous chronic illnesses. And you know, as humans, we, we need deep and meaningful relationships. And I'll be the first to admit, and it's kind of sometimes hard to still accept because I want to be the quote-unquote lone wolf, you know, um, that, that we need these deep relationships. You know, these relationships, they're critical to our identity, to our ability to thrive in life these relationships are hardwired in our biology and the absence of these deep and meaningful relationships in the most extreme of scenarios can actually lead people to suicide or at least contemplate it. And so the antidote to isolation and some of the things that I've used myself is number one is don't live on an island and This is a no-brainer, right? This could be a therapist, a coach, or just a group of similarly-minded people that you have to reach out to. But here's the thing with this is such a no-brainer and something that seems obvious. But like me, asking for help and reaching out, it may bring along a sense of weakness or incompetent and ironically though trying to look good and being too prideful to ask for help what it does it leads to a huge opportunity cost not only in lost potential income but also with your energy with your health and your relationships and the second part of the antidote is to have meaningful discussions. So skip the superficial and just go deep. Make your conversations matter. The third part is to make random acts of kindness an important part of your day. And I got this. I didn't come up with this one. Um, a friend and mentor came up with this one. And what I found is that simply doing random gestures for people, you know, Buying coffee for the next person in line, not even telling them, but just when you go to buy your coffee to pay for two and just tell the barista that the next person in line, the coffee's on you. Things like that, or even just simply checking on people, you know, with a simple text or something. That not only brightens that person's day, but it also strangely provides a huge boost to your own mood. And I think it puts you in a better energetic state. And the last part of the antidote here for isolation is to switch off your phone. So find ways to limit your technology throughout the day and instead increase your face-to-face interactions. Technology is a beautiful thing. You know, after all, thanks to technology, I'm able to communicate with you and we're not even in the same room. And for some of us, we're not even remotely close. We might be on the other side of the world. And that's amazing. But the thing is, don't let the technology use you. You use the technology. And as we mentioned at the start of this episode, nearly everything in life has a duality to it. What can be good can easily Be just as bad. And each of these seven sins that we went through, with just a little tweaking, just a little more awareness, each of these seven sins can be highly beneficial to your health, to your business, actually to every facet of life, with just a little tweaking. And so, as always, any questions, thoughts, or anything else about this episode, you can shoot me an email at julian at the art of fitness and, life.com and or shoot me a message on social. And let me know which of the sins that you resonate the most with and that you're going to be a little more cognizant of in your everyday life. So thanks for joining me again. Stay awesome and be limitless. Peace. If you are a high-performance entrepreneur, leader, or executive looking to supercharge your energy and become the most enhanced version of yourself without the guesswork, and you're tired of cookie-cutter templates, randomly guessing and hoping the next thing will work, and you actually want a precise and bespoke health optimization and performance roadmap that is in-depth, data-driven, and custom-tailored specifically for you, then my superhuman coaching programs are probably a good fit for you. No stones will be left untouched. Now, it's not a good fit for you if you are someone who does not want to invest the time, the commitment, nor the energy into getting the results. But if you are someone who is ready to start their end of one journey, upgrade their body and brain with precision, and truly live a limitless life, I invite you to apply By heading over to theartoffitnessinlife.com forward slash us and you'll get the opportunity to talk with me for 60 minutes and we'll take a deep dive into where you currently are and where you're trying to go and then we'll decide if this is a good fit for you and me and if it is I'll extend an invitation for us to work together once again to apply head over to theartoffitnessinlife.com forward slash us I look forward to hearing from you Bye.